Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. Well, this week, for folks clicking on our episode, they know that we're going to be talking about Mother's Day. Uh, but as we set to record this, it's Tuesday, May 3rd, and there was just big news in the abortion, access to abortion world. And um, I think you and I just want to take a minute to to talk about that before we kicked off our topic for today. Um, for any, I guess, listeners who either haven't heard the news or are not in the U.S., I figured maybe I'll just start off with a little bit of context. Um, there is a pending Supreme Court case called Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. And um, we're waiting this summer to hear the opinion, but it essentially could, depending the way the court goes, would perhaps overturn Roe v. Wade, which protects women's right to access abortion in this country. Yesterday evening, Politico released, they obtained a draft of the majority opinion in which it sounds like the Supreme Court is indeed going to essentially overturn the rights that were established in Roe v. Wade. And um, this morning, the Chief Justice confirmed that the draft that was leaked was indeed authentic so it it wasn't some sort of you know fake so this is this is happening in a month or two i'm not sure when the date was that they were planning to uh do this case and make the opinions the final vote and announce the opinion piece but it was coming in the next month or two uh, but we got a little bit of a sneak peek and um yeah, what are what are your thoughts, Marinella, on hearing some of this news? I mean, I heard about the news today at an actually at a time where I was having a discussion with a young woman who started birth control, who started feeling like maybe she didn't take it properly and then had the fear of God put in her that possibly she was pregnant. And mm-hmm. she was stressing out about it. And she's like, I did everything right. I did all of this. Like, I can't have a baby. And then I think moments later, she was like sitting at her desk, like doom scrolling, trying yeah. to figure out if she had done something wrong where she was. And then she saw this Roe versus Wade overturning. And that's when she was like, is this like really what I'm reading right now? Like, is this possible to happen? I'm like, no, it can't be happening. Like, this can't be a valid source because I hadn't really been paying attention to much but it's it's valid it's it's hit all the news media so um i just think it's you know there's not much i can say about it yet except that it's just completely disturbing to me that they could take something so black and white you know make it so right or wrong yeah i I mean, I'm with you in the in that it feels so like raw and I'm kind of in denial about this reality setting in. Um, and I know you and I talked about, you know, wanting to revisit this as a full episode topic, probably in the coming weeks once we've had a chance to really process our thoughts. I mean, this is this just is breaking news. And, and I think you and I are still feeling very uh, yeah, raw, I think is the best way I can say it. I mean, my initial 
mm-hmm. reactions were of anger. Um, you know, I just think this is a way to control women and not allowing them to have agency over their body and their decisions. Um, and instead treating them as like a second class citizen. Um, I also worry and don't fully understand, but I think this could have implications on other things that we just assume are protected, like women's access to birth control and uh, same-sex marriage. I mean, I don't know what the fallout could be, but I feel as though it could be greater than just this. Um, And so that Mm -hmm. also makes me angry. But then right before we met to start recording, I kind of had some sadness, like the sad, because I thought of, Gosh, like you just shared, I hadn't heard that story, but you shared your coworkers. And I mean, I've been there. I've not thankfully ever been in a position where I've had to choose whether or not to have an abortion, but I have been in that position of, oh my God, I think, you know, I didn't realize, for example, the first time I took antibiotics on birth control, that that can make birth control not as effective. I wasn't told that. And I Mm -hmm. assumed that my birth control would be just as effective and didn't realize. Thankfully, a pregnancy didn't come during that time. But there's just, oh, you know, it just, you think of every single one of those nameless women who, um, yeah, are just going to be so greatly impacted. And then women as a whole, right, as like an entire gender are also going to be impacted and, um, Yeah, I think more to come from you and I on this, but we didn't want to not acknowledge it just because um, it's huge. Yeah, it's on our minds and, you know, um, I'm hoping something just says never mind, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, agreed. Um, And as I hinted, and if you read the episode description, you know we're talking about Mother's Day today. I'm not sure... Mm -hmm how we always segue from one topic to the other. But I actually did have a thought, you know, some of the rhetoric I hear when when people are, you know, quote unquote pro-life is think of the baby's life, this fetus, this group of cells and, you know, consider that life. And there's not a lot of talk about the woman or the person with a uterus who is carrying this child. And I think that leads well mm-hmm. into Mother's Day. Like we don't often talk about the sacrifices and the hardships that mothers um, endure to carry a child if they are the birthing mother, to birth a child um, and to raise a child. There's a ton of hardship and sacrifice that any woman makes to become a mother. Uh, so I thought maybe we could start there. Maybe we do start with, you know, what it what women go through to even have a baby and how hard that is on them and, and recognize, you know, those steps they have to take. Yeah, I mean, some people want a child so bad and they try every which way to make it happen and it becomes a massive process for them. And, you know, even once you are pregnant it's not a guarantee that's that's something that remains so you're kind of just like holding a hot cup of tea until you have this child and that in itself has got to produce like more anxiety than i could like i have a high level of anxiety but i couldn't imagine like wanting something that bad and like knowing that 
my body has to cooperate, you know, and I have to try different things and I have to be like accepting of what's happening. And that would be just really hard. Yeah, absolutely. Like the emotional toll, I think it goes so under appreciated how difficult that is. Even if you are somebody who gets pregnant as soon as you start trying and you don't Mm -hmm. face any obstacles in that regard, it is still not an easy process. You are not drinking, not smoking for nine months. You are, you know, if you're doing it right, please. You're you're physically getting, you know, like getting larger. It's harder to move your body. Um, You have to pee more often. Like there's all of these kind of physical changes you go through, the hormonal changes that you go through. And this is even pregnancies Mm -hmm. that go well and go smoothly. Um, And then, you know, birthing a child, there is so much I don't necessarily understand about how difficult that process is. But the fact that I am a child that came into this world via C-section and of our three good friends that are mothers, two of them also had their children via C-section, it is Mm -hmm. not easy physically on your body. To have a C-section, absolutely not. Yeah, or probably to give birth. Yeah, definitely. Or to birth. Yeah, or to birth. Right. I didn't even mention the vaginal birth. Yeah. That's also, I think, just as fucking hard. You are pushing a baby outside of your vagina, and my vagina is is not the size of a baby. It is mind-blowing to me that the human body can do it. Yeah, for the last baby shower I went to, she had a bunch of stuff on her registry for the recovery of her vagina, which I found to be like outside the box of what like I've seen on a baby registry. But I bought her the thing that sits on the toilet that gives you <laughs> some warm water. Like I was just like, why wouldn't I get this for you? Well, I'm kind of actually good like, luck. Good for you. Maybe we should normalize <laughs> yeah. doing that more because. What do you need more? You know, a 10th bouncy thing for the baby <laughs> or like something to take care of your hoo-ah? After yeah, I don't know if she used child. it. I, want, I really want to ask her how she's doing and how it's doing down there. Right? But I digress. Yeah, I feel like most women need stitches afterward um, because you rip typically. I mean, it is not... Women endure a lot to have a child, and that's not even the raising part of motherhood. That's just talking about the women who carry and and birth children. It's very hard. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sure just a few stories I like the, you know, like the allergic reaction thing that our friend had the first pregnancy where she was just like covered in hives. Yes. Like not really something that's discussed or you know when she had her tubes tied after that and they cut that little piece of her that was terrifying i'm sure and they were like worried that her bowels were leaking internally or that she had some sort of sepsis and they had to figure out what it was they Mm -hmm. had nicked a part of her bowels in the yeah it's it's a mission it's a mission i've had friends who have given birth uh, they didn't make it to the hospital, and they gave birth outside of the hospital. <laughs> oh, my God. So close, yet so far. They should put, like, some stations out there to prepare for that. Bless. Yeah. Well, so 
the story is that actually her her kid's birthday is next week but it was her second child and she didn't want to get to the hospital too early because she knows that you just sit around for a while and she'd rather be at home so she waited Mm -hmm. and waited and then finally tells her husband i think it's time let's go they're getting close to the hospital and she's like oh this baby is like here we like the baby is here so it's northwestern downtown chicago and there is a maternity entrance there's like a specific place that you're supposed to go but in like the rush of everything he ends up driving to the emergency room entrance like the real just regular er so she gets out of the car he's like i I gotta park in the parking garage but like get out like let's get you in here and like get you so security comes out and like the doctors are coming out and they're like, this is the wrong entrance. And she's like, I think I'm giving birth. And they like look and they're like, holy crap, like get inside. You are literally giving birth. <laughs> I don't even know. I think she barely got on a gurney. Like they rushed out a gurney uh, and she was like, baby was out. Anna was coming into this world. How the hell did she do that? That's amazing. <laughs> right? I mean, I can't is- imagine. Be like, well, I'm just... <laughs> Get out of the car, and by the time I get inside, it's all over with. Right. Didn't get an epidural, obviously. No, no. no. It's so funny, too, because as she was, like, waddling in, she asked the doctor about an epidural, and the doctor's like, oh, no. Uh, we don't get time for that. This too baby late, is sister. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My my mom, when she gave birth to me, had an epidural, and she said she felt nothing for so long that she went to the bathroom, and that's when she started to appear and see the top of my head. It's <laughs> like, I almost had you in the toilet. I'm like, that is very symbolic. Continue. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My- but it makes a big difference, obviously. She was like, I didn't feel a damn thing. Yeah. I mean, I I understand why some women do not want an epidural, but I totally understand why other women absolutely want the epidural. And I support, here's a shocker, I support a woman's right to choose whether or not they have the epidural or not. I know I would probably get the drugs. Give me the drugs. That would probably better be sticking around. That's not up for debate on the epidural, I don't think. Because then you're going to start a freaking revolution for sure. I mean, I think they start a revolution regardless. Yeah. They come for one more. Yeah. yeah. We got to get the pitchforks out. We can't let them take an inch on this. Because you're right. Next, they'll be like, you don't need an epidermal, epidural. It's natural childbirth. Mm-hmm. F you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you natural. Oh. Man. And that uh, brings us to maybe some of the sacrifices mothers make in raising children. Because I do feel as though, while I think it's shifting some, a lot of childbearing is the mother's responsibility. Yeah. Uh, You know, most of the, especially the early care is like heavily reliant on the mother. Obviously, there's a lot of you know, breastfeeding and you want that bonding time and obviously a a dad's bonding time is important, but there's something about that mother that has to be the primary source. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think culturally, it just seems like a woman is, once she becomes a mother, her job is to like become obsessed with the kids Mm -hmm. and that's it where, you know, down to like you know, men and paternity leave is so brief. It's like, go back to work and go about your life. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'd also like to just say women's maternity leave in the United States is a joke. I mean, first off, it's not guaranteed mm-hmm. pay. Some employers will, but very few. And the only thing that's protected by law is that, like, you can't lose your job if you're full-time and you've been there over a year. And and even then, I think you only get 12 weeks, which is crazy to me because, again, we're thinking of, like, your body recovering from a major medical event. Like, birthing a child, again, if everything goes smoothly, is still a major medical you know what I mean? Like it, it's hard on your body. Uh, mm-hmm. And to your point, you're also not sleeping because you're f- up feeding the baby every few hours, up changing the baby, up comforting the baby. Uh, so you sacrifice sleep. You sacrifice your own probably like showers, cleaning yourself, eating. <laughs> Moms sacrifice basically everything in those early months. Yeah. I don't know how the hell they go back to work and like – continue to like have the energy to do an actual job and then you know depending on what type of position you're in there's still your expectation to perform at a certain level at at your job it's it seems to me impossible and I don't know how anybody succeeds and yet they they do it all the time and I don't know where the hell that comes from mom power I guess seriously not only do they do it all the time I honestly feel like moms do not complain that much. I would complain mm-hmm. all the time. I guess what I'm saying is if I was in that position and I was making those type of sacrifices, everyone would know about it. I would complain <laughs> constantly. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of the women in my life who are mothers, they're not complainers. Yeah, no. I mean, it. it I, I would have to assume that their reward out outweighs everything that you're just like eh, this is not worth complaining about because I have all this you know sure yeah and I don't get me wrong I think unless you get the devil child things. then you're like what have I done <laughs> <laughs> he's microwaving the cats I do think children are a blessing but that doesn't mean you know I think we can acknowledge the hardship of it as well and even if the moms mm-hmm. won't complain I will complain on your behalf. It's very hard to do what you do. I don't know how you do it. It's impressive. Yes. You you, you do it. I won't. There. That's my answer. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, so, Marinella, are you familiar with the kind of inception of Mother's Day where the roots of Mother's Day starts? I assumed it started in 1985 when I was born. That was it. I don't know. No clue. <laughs> it did. No. That is actually correct. Yes. <laughs> July 22nd, 1985. Don't look up my social security number. Okay. Let's continue. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know about, you know, the backstory to Mother's Day until recently. I signed up. I may have mentioned this podcast. I signed up to do a drawing class and, um, the art studio where the drawing class is at did an event this past weekend called Mother's Day for Peace. And they told the story of, of how Mother's Day started as, and I wrote down some information so I could get it right. Back in the 1870s, so post-Civil War, Julia Ward Howe, who was an activist, suffragette, and poet, started the Mother's Day for Peace as a movement to end the cycles of mutual murder brought on by wars. So she was calling for mothers to kind of band together 
in this, you know, like mm-hmm. we don't want to raise our sons, then send them off to war where they just kill each other, right? This cycle that perpetuates throughout history. Um, so it was very mm-hmm. much came from a place of activism, uh, which I thought was interesting. So the this local art center was kind of re, uh, you know, taking it back to the roots as a way to raise money for the war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anywho, I just thought that that was interesting that Mother's Day kind of started as an activism movement. Yeah, and almost like it, instead of us, like, I guess, having appreciation for mothers, it was mothers having appreciation for their children. So, yes, kind of took a took a turn in the other direction yeah and like the power of if there's there's no matter where you live in the world i think there's an understanding of what being a mother is and how you care and love your child i think all mothers can relate not wanting to send their children off to a war where their children are killed and like can we use this common bond that we as mothers have and use our voices to say there's got to be another way to resolve conflict that doesn't involve sending kids to war there just has to be another way Mm -hmm. but yet here we are in 2022 and uh, of course war is unfortunately still very much a thing but yeah kudos to those early mothers who saw a way to use their motherhood as a point of activism so after julia ward howe Anna Jarvis, who is the name most, I guess, associated with Mother's Day, she kind of picked up the torch wanting to honor this idea that had been started by Julia Ward Howe um, and just wanting to honor mothers in general. And so she uh, worked and advocated for a national recognition or a national holiday. And, and ultimately, Woodrow Wilson signed into law Mother's Day as a national holiday kind of interesting as I was going through Anna Jarvis's history so this was like early 1900s and before Anna Jarvis had even passed Mother's Day had started to become a commercialized holiday where like Hallmark picked it up and started selling Mother's Day cards and there's this you know commercialism to the day and she hated it she would Mm -hmm. protest against the commercialism because she just felt it was like yeah undermining her effort to honor mothers and making it into like this capitalist let's make money off of mothers didn't take long for hallmark to get involved and fuck it up yeah kind of took something that could have just been like genuine like nice day for mothers and then put some some heavy dollars i mean there's definitely things that are geared towards mother's day that you could perfectly just get a different version of it and it would be cheaper i don't know what what it is about the the craft of what they do but yeah definitely yeah so how do you typically celebrate mother's day marinella what is your go-to's um i always try to physically like show up where my mom is so if she wants to meet somewhere or if i can come visit her for the weekend I just kind of leave it up to her as what she wants to do. And sometimes it's not something that I want to do. Most times it's something I don't really care to do. But I kind of leave it up to her. Um, I'll get a card. I'll write something that is from the heart. Um, I might cook something for her, take her to dinner, something. Um, But she has a lot of trouble telling me what it is that she wants to do. 
Mm. And it's and it's part, I think, of being that mom where she's like, I want you to have a good time. And I want to do whatever you guys want to do or I don't want you to make a fuss or something like that. And that kind of, to me, can take some of the fun away from what you're trying to achieve, too, where you're just like, you know, doing this dance of like trying to make it right. But I don't know. She she's very like firm on every day is Mother's Day. Why do we have to make a fuss? Aww. And I'm like, because every day isn't Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so you're Surprise. right. That is so typical mom to be like, I have no needs or wants. As long as you're happy and healthy, I'm mm-hmm. happy and healthy. <laughs> Moms, you should absolutely get something for Mother's Day. And, and more often than Mother's Day, but definitely on Mother's Day. Yeah, and like this past Mother's Day or this upcoming Mother's Day, she'll be out of the country and she'll be in Italy. And I know it's her first Mother's Day without her mom. So I kind of wanted to make sure I did something and like spend time with her and kind of see how she was doing. And she just wanted to like fix this busted closet. And I'm like, whatever you want to do is fine. We don't have to go anywhere. (laughs) And that's what we did. I just help her, helped put up a shelf in her closet, and that was it. Yeah. I do think, though, I mean, what I heard, I always think of the um, love languages and listening to you. I was like, oh, it's quality time and acts of service, right? And um, I think that that's honestly what a lot of mothers typically want for Mother's Day not to say that there aren't mothers who don't want a gift, but I think a lot of them just want the quality time with their kids. Or if their kids are really mm-hmm. young and maybe they spend all their time caretaking, maybe it's like they want a day of quality time for themselves and for their kids to be taken care of by somebody else, like the father or the another parent or whatever. Right. I don't know if they want to go to brunch. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mother's Day brunch. I think we've touched on this where it's like, is this really what mom wants? Right. We have to know. Right. Or is this dad panicking to figure out something? And maybe it is what mom really wants. And if it is, awesome. Do it. But if it's just dad, like, I got to figure out something to do and I don't know how to cook or do anything else. So I'm just going to make a brunch reservation and give him a credit card. That maybe is not cutting it. Maybe not. It's it's a crazy time in a restaurant for sure. Yeah, it's it's but, the least yeah. fun of the days to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about you? How did you spend Mother's Day with your mother and how do you honor your mother now or do you do anything or Yeah. What's your way so, of celebrating? Similar to you, I so I was just for context for listeners. I think I've hinted that my mother passed away. Um if you've listened to other episodes, I was 21 when she passed away. And that was before Mother's Day of that year. So um, I do think a lot of, you know, as a kid, it was like you said, making homemade cards that were kind of from the heart or homemade gifts. Um, When I was in college, it was very much trying to come home and spend the weekend with her and, and do something that she would enjoy. Uh, I did want to bring up <laughs> this. I hadn't really thought about it, but with Mother's Day coming up and knowing we were going to record this episode, it reminded me. 
When I was in seventh grade, the local radio station ran a Mother's Day contest where you could write in about like why your mom was the best mom. And the winner would get a bunch of stuff. And I remember writing into it, and this was before we had a computer, so I had to like hand write, you know, my my letter. Right into a radio station, yeah, right wow. Right into a radio, yes, <laughs> for context, y'all, this was the 90s. So <laughs> I hand wrote this letter about why my mom was the best mom. And then I copied it and wrote a second letter because I was going to mail the first one. I figured she would not win, but then I could give her the note as part of like, I think you're the best mom. Sorry you didn't win this contest, but you know, like here's my note that I wrote. She wins. My letter wins the fucking (gasps) contest. I don't doubt that. Like, I feel like you would have been the perfect writer that I just feel like you would have killed it so oh embarrassingly I remember writing and thinking because I just learned in school how you write like an intro paragraph you make three points like each point is its own paragraph and then you write your ending paragraph and I remember thinking I need to come up with three points and then support those points I couldn't even tell you what I said, but I remember it being in that type of a format where I was like, point number one, point number two, point number three. Oh, like first off, secondly, yeah. (laughs) And lastly, so they read like two. (laughs) They read the letter on the air. Is that how that went? They, pu- they may have read it on the air. I'm not sure. They published it in the local paper, which was kind of embarrassing. Uh. I did not know that would be something. Because I, I really did write something quite from the heart and personal. I think partly because I didn't think she would win. And then partly I didn't think it would be published. <laughs> and so. <laughs> but she it was actually really cool. So they picked her up in a limo. She went and had like a haircut, got her nails done, and they took her to a bunch of shops, I think around the Panagorda Pier, and she was presented with gifts. She got some earrings, which were nice, but she also got, and this is the funniest part, I think, she got this porcelain (laughs) doll that was just (laughs) creepy as fuck. I'm sorry to whoever the doll shop was. I don't even remember. You probably don't even exist anymore, but... It was just creepy. But my mother kept the doll on top of her dresser in her bedroom like ever since she got it. So fast forward to me being in college and I come home one weekend and I'm probably like 19, 20. And she's like, you know, this doll that I love so much that I got from this prize you won. She's like, but I, you know, maybe I don't love the doll as much anymore. Would you be upset if I if I got rid of the doll? And I was like, I give two shits about this doll. I didn't even know you would win a doll. I was just writing a letter. So my poor mom kept that doll for like 12 years and hated it. And every day she had to look at it. Oh, oh my God. Oh, so we did throw uh, it out. That's the opposite of my childhood. Yeah. My mom had tons of porcelain dolls in that room that I was helped putting the closet in. And I was just like, these are terrifying. <laughs> so. Yeah. But that's so cool that she won. You like made her feel like queen for a day or something. Especially like 
Punta Gorda, that's like pretty high end. That's yeah. Fisherman's Village area. Is that what we're talking? We were talking Fisherman's Village area. Wow. And then we uh and then we all went out. They picked me up too, and we all went out to dinner at Outback Steakhouse. In the limo we went there. Ooh. Yeah. Outback is pretty is pretty much as good as, as you're ever gonna get for Charlotte County. And I like Outback, so it, it works out. Yeah, it was not bad. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, but that doll, man, I can't believe she kept it out of guilt for so long <laughs> and had it up there. Yeah. Uh. Oh, yeah. So, but I'm with you. I think I honored my mom mainly through spending the quality time with her. Yeah. And, you know, even if it's like... Uh, it's got to be harder when you live far away and you you like my brother doesn't live in the area he has not lived in the area all the time and he's kind of always just like what can I do you know and that's where those sometimes those more I guess commercial gifts or hallmark things that's where they kind of play in as a benefit it's a good thing that they're existent that way there is something that you can do to make them feel you know just your presence when you're so far away yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I do think they serve a purpose, but I also think there's ways you can be mindful about them. One thought I had was, I mean, firstly, making sure it's a gift your mom actually wants, like thinking about what she wants, not just what you want to mm-hmm. give her, uh, especially if you're older. Yeah. Like, I'm talking to adults here. You know, little kids, I get you're just going to make something from the heart, but. If you're in your yep. 30s listening to this podcast, please figure out what it is your mom actually wants and, and try to get her something that is in line with that. Um, but also, if there's a way to support like women-owned businesses in getting your mm-hmm. mom her gift, like I think that's another way that it can take away from supporting like a Hallmark type of a company, right? And more supporting a small woman-owned business is kind of like a two-for-one. You get your mother a gift that's thoughtful, that she would love, but also support, yeah, a woman-owned business. 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 Yeah. Yes. I I tried going through some of those Hallmark cards, and I just feel like it's, it's... they're lacking i'm like this i could write something better you know what i mean like yes there's a butterfly on the front of this it says mom but i know it it never feels like those cards quite fit anybody's experience like no matter what mother's day father's day it's always just like this doesn't seem like it's about my mom (laughs) they're like so generic that they apply to nobody right it's like they're trying to accommodate everybody and in doing so they've accommodated and made a card that fits no one. Yeah, and then what do you do? Do I just write my name at the bottom because it's got this whole block of text in it? That seems, that's... I know. I'll just tell, you know what? Go to aisle nine. You pick what you'd like from that from that card section. <laughs> I will say, if you have a mom that has a funny sense of humor, I feel like Etsy, there's a lot of independent like card makers who sell on Etsy yeah. that come up with really clever and funny cards that might be more befitting of your mother than what you'll find at the cvs aisle nine yeah or or get a blank inside of just anything that is something more her taste Mm -hmm. go to town indeed the way that your seventh grade self did oh man (laughs) 
I wonder if I still have that letter somewhere because I do have a box of things from home, but I don't know if that's something that survived. I do know that there are some pictures of us from that day. I do remember taking some pictures outside the limo. I'll have to try to dig those mm-hmm. up. And, um, you know, if we ever get that Instagram we've talked about, maybe we can post a good old embarrassing photo of me from seventh grade. Oh, mine would probably be right there with yours. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I did want to talk about, and you kind of hinted at this, and I I thought it would be good to take some time or a couple minutes maybe to talk about, you know, Mother's Day can also be a trigger for some people. It's not always a celebratory day, whether you're someone whose mother is deceased um, or maybe you had an abusive mother or someone who wasn't a very good mother. Uh, or you could be a mother mm-hmm. who's lost a child. I mean, I think there's a lot of folks in in which Mother's Day is not the exciting celebratory day. Um, and I can only, at least as far as losing a mother, I can only speak from my own perspective. Um, at this point in my life, Mother's Day is just kind of another day to me. And I, I know that might seem cold, but... You know, my mother passed away now 17 years ago, and the distance, it just doesn't, I don't know, the day just doesn't really carry a lot of emotional weight either way for me, but I know for some people, it's always a hard day. Um, When Mm -hmm. my mother first passed away, I think I struggled a bit more with Mother's Day, and the way I coped at the time was kind of turning the day into what I wanted to make it. So when my mother, um, the last Mother's Day I spent with my mother, she was doing cancer treatment, radiation, chemotherapy, and her taste, right? She like didn't have a huge appetite and a lot of food was not appealing to her, which I think is common for most people who are going through chemotherapy. Uh, But she loved (laughs) um, Burger King's sausage, like, uh, croissant sandwich with like egg I forget what it was called it was basically like a croissant egg and sausage and it was a breakfast croissant sandwich which I think they were like yeah yeah so she loved them because I think the spices on the sausage were just like perfection and she could actually taste them so mm-hmm. that was her request on Mother's Day is that I take her to Burger King <laughs> that's what we ate and then I bought her a bunch to take home and have like throughout the week, which I'm sure, you know, the egg reheated probably was like rubber, but really she just wanted the sausage patties. So have at it. Here's like 10 of them to go. Uh, so what I actually did yeah. the first couple Mother's Days was go to Burger King and have a sausage croissant egg sandwich in the morning. And that's how I would celebrate the day. So we think there's a way to that's maybe sweet. Yeah. make the, try to make the day you know, either a celebration of something you did together or how you normally would celebrate the day or find a different way to perhaps honor your parent. This Mother's Day, I may donate to Planned Parenthood in my mom's name because that might be what I do this this Mother's Day. I think that your mom would be extremely proud of that as a Mother's Day tribute. Absolutely. I think she would too. Yeah. <laughs> 20 grand? How much we doing? <laughs> Got some laying around. <laughs> I think my mother also wants me to retire at some point, so maybe not twenty grand. $200. Okay, we're good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, as, as, a, as a friend of, you know, 
as your friend, sometimes you don't really know what what to say or what to ask or how to talk about Mother's Day with a friend whose parent is no longer with them or I haven't had a friend that has lost a child yet, thank God, but I'm sure if I ever did, I'd want to, I guess, a- approach it as sensitively as possible. So what's what's the best bet? Just kind of asking, like, how do you feel about this day? Yeah, I mean, honestly this is my two cents because I think people react differently right and like I said Mother's Day to me Mm -hmm. if you reached out I I mean I would think it's very kind and sweet of you but it's just for me really not a tough day anymore so um, that's my personal experience but that's not everyone's I will say though in general I think you can always reach out and just say hey I'm thinking about you today I know it might be a difficult day um you know, I don't necessarily know how to support you, but you are in my thoughts and I just want to reach out. And if there's anything I can do to support you or, you know, and kind of leave it that way. I think you can acknowledge that I don't know how you're feeling on this day, but I know it could be a difficult day for you and I care about you. And I just want to reach out and say, I care about you and I'm thinking of you on this day. Yeah. And a lot of people just think to not do anything sometimes and just go about their day and I'm like that doesn't feel right either so yep I got it so a little check-in can't hurt yeah I think yeah I think it's a little check-in and and honestly I think that message probably means a ton to people um I also have not had any friends who have lost a child and I can't imagine how difficult that is I I have to believe Mother's Day is a very difficult holiday and I'm sure that those mm-hmm. friends would appreciate a check-in. Even if you don't feel like you've chosen the right words, the sentiment of reaching out and showing support is what really, I think, resonates and carries through, even if even if you kind of stumble over your exact wording. And if you're a person that doesn't have a great relationship with their mother, like, I feel like you probably know what's best for yourself on that day. Um you know, kind of take the pressure off yourself because I can't imagine if I had a, a terrible relationship with my mother and then, you know, this day rolls around and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, it's Mother's Day, so I guess just fuck all that shit we went through and let's just do this. I'm um, On the same token, I feel like, you know, we can be sometimes harsh with our parents mm-hmm. so you can kind of maybe sort that out a little bit. But, I mean, obviously if your mom was like a, an abusive maniac... I think the pressure to to actually celebrate the day is sometimes too much. Agreed. And I don't think there should be. I think it should be if you if you have a mother who is abusive or just a terrible mother to you, I don't think you have any obligation to celebrate the day, but I'm sure you feel obligated to do it. Yeah. And in some ways that that's kind of like why I feel so love-hate about like Mother's Day. It's kind of like it does celebrate mothers in a good way, but then it does like make it tough on people too. So I don't know. Maybe maybe every day should be Mother's Day, as my mother has said. <laughs> we could just let this day kind of divide out throughout 365 days. Right. I'm not going to do her closet 365 times. It feels like it, but I won't. <laughs> I will draw a line at, what, 10, 10 closets a year? 
Uh, that's fair. Yeah. So, How many are in the house? Yeah, that's good. Oh, good. All the closets in the house, right? All shelves set up. Mm-hmm. Scary porcelain dolls organized. Oh, they're everywhere. <laughs> you would be alarmed. Big. Now knowing. <laughs> They were really a thing for a while, though. Those, like, porcelain dolls. I mean, I had them in my room when I was a little kid. Yeah, my mom really, my mom really liked them. And in some ways, like, my mom, like, my mom's little girl, like, inner child, I think, was very, like, suppressed when she was a a kid. So her having me as a daughter like opened up like this wide world of like I get to get all these things and then she got me and I was just like I want to go ride my bike like I don't want any of this <laughs> so I mean let her have at it now I guess like you tear up the town with that porcelain doll collection <laughs> I'm hoping Anthony gets her a porcelain doll for Mother's Day obviously <laughs> I don't know I don't know. Anthony, if you're listening, get your mother a porcelain doll. <laughs> don't send the roses. We've done that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, any other closing thoughts to the moms out there? Thank you for what you do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Neither of us would be in this world if it weren't for our mothers. And not just for birthing us, but how they raised us and took care of us. Yes, you're queens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, hope you have a wonderful week, Marinella. Hope our listeners have a wonderful week, and we'll catch you all soon. Yes, I'm on the edge of my seat for next time. Abortion talks coming up. Hot. <laughs> okay, smooth transition. See ya. <laughs>